0: Hello again, small but mighty. How we work family. My name is Iso, host of this podcast. Thanks for joining me again today. We have a really cool episode. I always say that, but they are all really cool. I would say all really good conversations today is with Emily Winston of Boychick Bagels, which is a very locally famous shop in Oakland, and now they have other locations around the bay. I actually interviewed Emily years ago for East Bay Nosh. It's a local food focused publication. It was one of the few stories I've ever written for a newspaper. It was just something I pitched out to the editor because I wanted to be writing more and they said I could do it. Um, So I went and hung out with Emily in her home kitchen and we made bagels together and shot a little video. It was really cool. So Emily basically started her bagel business because she felt that there were no good bagels in the Bay Area. No bagels like she had when she grew up back in New York. And she's since gone to be really successful. She got a New York Times article. She had people waiting hours to get into her shop. She now has a shop in the South Bay and a huge $5 million factory where she also sells bagels out of. So she's really creating an empire of sorts around her bagel business. So it's been really cool to see her success over the years. And I wanted to reconnect with her just to kind of hear about her story and see how she's feeling about it and what happened and how she made it happen. And it was a really good conversation. It goes from taking an idea from the super nascent stage in an industry that you do not have history in, she's actually an engineer, to creating a large business. We talk a lot about how her experience of running the business has changed so much over time. As it gets bigger, she's more hands off on things that she really feels are close to her heart. And that's something I think a lot about too. trying to hold on as a business grows, my business is nowhere near as big as hers. But as a business grows, it's so important to offload things, right? It's so important to delegate. But how much do you delegate? And if you delegate too much, do you lose the thing that you actually love doing? She's really inspired by the project she's starting and really inspiring to hear her story. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Thank you so much for listening. I love making these things and I've been loving this process of starting this podcast and I'm really grateful for people who take the time to check it out. So thanks so much. Can you just tell me kind of, generally about your life, like what you're doing, story of, story of boy, check bagels, how, how things are going for you. Open question.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I know. (laughs) Go. Um, yeah. So I'm, you know, born and raised in central New Jersey, Jewish, ate a lot of bagels. So pretty much every Sunday my dad would go out and buy a dozen bagels at the local shop, bring them home on special occasions. If he was up in Manhattan and on the Upper West Side, he would stop by Zabar's and H&H Bagels and bring all that home. And that was special occasion, super duper bagels. And so, you know, I just grew up with that, took it all for granted and eventually showed up in California and said, wow, there's no good bagels out here. This is really sad. So really kind of stopped eating them, but figured I'll just eat them when I go home to visit. My family is all still there. And then in uh, 2010, actually, shortly after I moved to the Bay Area, I learned the very sad news that my most beloved H and H had been shut down for tax fraud. And I was so distraught that I was going, you know, might never have my most beloved bagel ever again. That I thought maybe I could try to make it for myself. So I just embarked on this quest to recreate my most beloved bagel. Um, But yeah, it was just this obsessive hobby that you know and I was really making bagels. It depends. If I got a B and I might bond and I might make them eventually I had a few breakthroughs and and really at five years into it had created a bagel that I thought was really good and and really might be what I was looking for.
0: Do you want to share any of your breakthroughs or are they like, you know, now, are they proprietary? Well,
1: it's, you know, it's somewhere between proprietary and also like I forgot. I'd say that probably one of the biggest breakthroughs came after I was starting to think about really doing this. And a woman I met with a pretzel business told me to go to the San Francisco Baking Institute for their one week intro to professional bread baking class. And I did that, and that was a huge eye opener, and definitely, you know, some of the best money I've ever spent. Just in terms of things like paying a lot of attention to how long you're mixing the dough for was something I really hadn't given any thought to. And baker's math, for instance, that was totally new to me, and that was that was fantastic. And I'm like, how come no one told me about this before? This is great. What is that? Uh, baker's math is this form of math where it lets you compare bread recipes and kind of apples to apples really well across recipes. But the way you do that is you say, however much flour is in a recipe, the flour is 100%. And then you're basically saying how much of every other ingredient is in this recipe relative to the flour.
0: Mm, So it's like a ratio.
1: Yeah. So it's all a ratio. So when you say like a you know, a ciabatta. Let's say it's a hundred pounds of flour and eighty pounds of water, and something like a ciabatta dough. So the water is an eighty percent recipe. You'd say it would be like water eighty mm-hmm. you percent. Know, it's a flour a hundred percent, and then there's you know two percent salt and and something else. And I don't know. It's mm. just it's a it's a fantastic. I was just I you know I'm a math person to begin with, so I was just like this is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> you know I love it. This is the best thing ever.
0: Yeah, you're an engineer before, right?
1: Yeah, I'm an engineer. So I'm like, yeah, yeah. "Yeah, pass the math. Yeah. No, and it's it's interesting.
0: It's so much different than other cooking, too, where, like, as you scale things up, like, maybe the spices change, maybe the salt changes. You just kind of, like, got to play jazz with it a little bit. But, yeah, it must be so nice. You're like, okay, I want to 10x this recipe, just 10x everything, and I know it'll turn out.
1: It it can (laughs) be not entirely linear. There's actually a lot of math-type people who go into baking, it's definitely the the mathy people go into baking, and and the more artsy people go into cooking.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's just totally, just have yeah.
1: all, There's so much math. It's math, the ingredients, and then time and temperature, and yeah, it's it's funny because I I hated thermodynamics in college, and I feel like now I use that
0: <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, in a, in a way all the time. Yeah,
1: yeah, but, no, it's it was um you know a bunch of I, I don't know things just happened. It was just very strange and. I'd try some new idea and something would kind of click and it would work really well. And, and I'm like, Oh, now this is good. I'm not even sure why, <laughs> but That's it all, awesome. it all, yeah, it just kind of worked out. And then I was, I got really freaked out when I decided to, to really go pro. I'm like, well, what if, you know, cause I don't really understand what I'm doing. What if I build this whole thing for $600,000 and, I start try making bagels in there and the bagels don't turn out good at all. You know, then what I have, you know, mm-hmm. ma- it's going it to be completely different equipment. The air will be different. The refrigeration will be different. Everything will be different. And I was really worried. I'm like, well, what if they, what if I'm like the bagels come out like crap, I build this whole thing and then I'm, I'm stuck. Um, and one of the people I was taking classes from at the time said, you know, <laughs> let me get this straight. You've been ma- making bagels in your, your crummy home kitchen, your you know your rinky-dink electric stove, uh, and you're afraid that you get going to get professional bagel equipment and it won't be good. <laughs> and uh, it's yeah. going to be worse, yeah. yeah. Totally. <laughs>
0: totally, yeah. Like, that is a good. That's yeah. a good. That's good feedback. Yeah. Right. Totally.
1: And I'm like, I'm like, yes, that's it. She's like, well, have you considered the possibility that maybe they'll be better?
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> and
1: I was just dumbfounded. I'm like, no, I have not considered that possibility. And and the kicker was that they were. They were t- actually way better. Once I got things all in a little bit and really the first bagel to come out uh, that I, I baked in the shop before we opened. And I was so nervous because I was, I was really prepared to be like, well, you know, we're going to get all this construction that took a year and a half. My architect told me it would take four months. It was a year and a half, finally getting close. I could finally start baking. I'm like, well, now it's going to be probably like at least three months for me to like dial the recipe. in. I just couldn't even imagine how this would be easy. And the first bagel that came out of the oven was like, totally okay. <laughs> and I like, just like kind of collapsed on the ground. And I'm like, okay. And it was just minor, minor tweaking to get mm-hmm. it to be great. That was the, you know, the biggest surprise was how easily the bagels came once we got the construction done. And
0: mm-hmm. yeah, that was like your well. biggest worry and everything else was yeah. harder.
1: It was, it was like, okay, well, the bagels good. I think I think we're going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. After a year and a half, you know, borrowing money, spending all the money, being close to running out of money and still not knowing what if the product was going to turn out okay. So that was a a very relieving moment.
0: What do you think made you take that leap because you know, it it wasn't a logical next step, certainly for what you've been doing before had running your own business been a dream you had or like, what was the kind of impetus?
1: Well, mostly it it felt like it needed, it felt like it just needed to happen. Partly the, the work I've been doing and and my aunt was supposed to retire and hand over this really boring energy billing for real estate business, um, which was all math and programming and, and stuff. And and then she was kind of backpedaling and I got frustrated. Then I was like, oh, let me just look into this and it'll be fun. But I do like the idea of having my own business. I always did, but it feels more like, like I grew up playing all these really nerdy games, like SimCity and civilization. And to me, this is what's so fun. Like it's building. I always like to build stuff mm. and it's cool. And like owning my own business, you know, I'm, Building stuff. It's just been such a trip. And actually, I get to do even more of that now, because now we're kind of turning into a baby empire, which is really fun. So its it feels like I'm taking, you know, looking at the map and I'm, I'm plotting where to send my bagel armies to take over more territory sort of uh-huh. thing. And we're going <laughs> to, like you know... That good bagels across the land with our banners held high. So it, it really does feel like that. And I'm, you know, allocating resources and it's just a trip. It really does feel like I'm playing like civilization, but I've got like, I'm the, the bagel culture, blaming mm-hmm. to take over the globe. That's just fun. And I'm always doing something different and I'm doing marketing and we're doing, we're doing all kinds of stuff, you know, architecture and I'm engineering and I'm trying to, I'm improving bagel technology as I go. And, you know, it's been a pretty, um, neglected field definitely has not attracted a lot of high tech people to it in the past. So there's room for me to like, really do all this stuff. And which is just so fun. It really is. Uh, I feel very lucky that that this kind of happened to me and and that I went with it. But at the time, it, it was really scary. So after five years, I had this recipe that was really good. And, and friends told me I should sell it. So I got into the food entrepreneurship scene in Oakland, and I started networking and I Got invited to the Eat Real Festival and so I got the cottage food license because another thing that instructors said to me was, you know, that's that's nice that your friends are eating them when they're A, your friends, and B eating them for free. But how about people you know who don't know you personally paying you money and saying they're great? And I said, that's a great point. We should find out. So the point of the cottage food license was just to to find out if people wanted to pay me money. And come back for more. And immediately the answer to that question was yes. So I didn't, and I didn't want to pursue it further because it was taking me, it was about seven hours of work spread over two days to make nine dozen bagels and then have to clean up all the seeds from everywhere. I never wanted that to be the actual business, but it was just the proof like, okay, I think this is, this is, you know, very much the minimum viable product and this, this works and people want to pay for it. So, you know, really looked at all the numbers of what it would take to build a real shop because I said, I don't want to do the whole commissary kitchen, basically a scaled up version of my house because bagels really are the kind of the redheaded stepchild of the baking world. And they, they just want very different equipment. Everything is just different. So no commissary kitchen had you know, something that was good for, a as a bagel setup. And I just, I'm like, I, I don't want to do this if it's not efficient because I'm an engineer and I wanted to be efficient and I want to get a machine to roll the bagels because I was already developing carpal tunnel problems from, from just rolling nine dozen at a time. So it was just like, okay, am I going to do this? Am I going to take this, you know, $600,000 leap off a cliff and put everything into it and hope for the best. it was really scary, but I decided, yeah. <laughs> if I don't, I'm gonna you know kind of kick myself forever and wonder, you know what if and and I'm like, well, you know, worst comes to worst. The ultimate backup plan was I have to just you know go back to my parents' house with my tail between my legs and you know go crawl into my old bedroom um, mm. and and they'll, ha- they'll they have to take care of me
0: <laughs> yeah, I've thought about that actually, like when I was first starting my business, and still, I mean, still sometimes it feels like maybe this will happen. Well, I was like okay worst case scenario I'll move back in with my parents you know like yeah. it could be worse and like I might as well try um because I'll just be upset if I don't
1: Yeah no that's yeah. It's, that's exactly it and it's yeah. you know it's nice to have that safety net
0: Yeah no for sure So I'm like that's better.
1: that's the very the very worst that could happen to me is like have to go move back in with my parents <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. but it's, it didn't happen it's it didn't happen
1: to, to succeed though totally real- yeah <laughs> like i
0: definitely do not want, definitely to really want to move back in <laughs> at 42 with yeah. my parents but you know like if it's gotta happen it's gotta happen i guess you yeah know. tell me about what your business is up to now so you like your locations and you said you're expanding and dig into that a little yeah, bit yeah
1: so we we got that you know it, t- it took forever it took a year and a half to get that first shop open um and it was a Hit from the moment we opened, so already was doing really well. Of course, three months in, COVID started, and so that was intense. And I figured, I'm like, I just got this thing open and and off the ground. Like the last thing I want to do is close it, and you know, send all my employees home. And especially the people I've trained to bake. I've got all these great bakers going now. Um, I don't want them to leave. So I'm like, all right, well, if we don't have to close, we're not closing, and No one got sick until much later when it was, you know, not a big deal to just stay home for a week or so. So we just rolled right through and we did the whole, you know, pivot that everyone was talking about. I was like, okay, right away we put a I think the first day my mentor ran out, we got a like a clear shower curtain put up over the door, just kicked everyone out, said, you know, here's a shower curtain. We put the register in the door, then we started put a tent in the back parking lot and we had people come around to the parking lot. And we had all kinds of chains, and then we got plexiglass, and we had all this crazy stuff going on. And I also started in with wholesale and delivery. People were asking for delivery who even lived two blocks away. My very original business plan with this was that I would just have more of a wholesale facility, and the whole thing would just be delivery. So you could sign up for a weekly bagel delivery, and we'd drop it on your doorstep. So when this hit, I'm like, well... I had, I had my idea for delivery, so let me, you know, work on that now. And then we set up our own delivery program and I said, you know, you had to be in a certain area and the car takes, you know, 30 orders and, and we have a whole mapping program that we plug into and it directs them, you know, where to go like a, as if they're a UPS truck. Anyway, so there was a lot happening with that. So that kept us really busy for a year-ish. And then the New York Times story came out and, you know, really blew the roof off of us, um, which was awesome and a lot. Um, And we couldn't have prepared for it, even if I had been properly warned. (laughs) Um, And that was the uh, lines. Like, it was actually two hour long lines the first that first week. Um,
0: Wow. Totally impressive.
1: Yeah, it was, was stressful. It was stressful. I was putting yeah. up signs like it was Disney World saying, you know, about 90 minutes from this point.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. Keeping them up, up onto trees around the corner. It was wild. So with that, and then, of course, it, that did peter out, unfortunately. But we still were left at a, at a higher plateau than we had been. With my original business plan, I had done a, several projections. I said, you know, what's the what's the very worst? Like how one of the things the instructor was big on was like, what's the, what's the minimum, you know, where's your break-even? How, how badly can the business do before you are, you know, shut down? What's, you know, what's the sustainable break-even point? And, you know, I did that, and so it was a really low number. Um, and then I said, okay, well, if we do better than that, if we do like an okay bagel shop, here's a number if we are, you know, a pretty solid bagel shop. And here's, here's a number if it was like, just, I thought it was completely wild and crazy. You know, we're up to like 5,000 bagels a day and it includes wholesale and, and all the stuff. And, um, yeah, so we were basically there at this point. And I was thinking like, Oh gosh, that would just be this wild scenario that like maybe it would happen in, you know, five years or something. So here we were one year in and, and basically hit the fantasy scenario. So I, Thought, well, I think this is, you know, clearly this has legs and it wants to grow. So started making plans like, how do I want to grow it? And decided what I wanted to do was have a, a central factory slash commissary where we make all the dough. Because making the dough, there's a lot of precision in there. The equipment is finicky. I got very fortunate. And the the first baker I hired is very mechanically inclined. And so he just took to the dough rolling machine just as I had it was awesome with it. It is not for a, a novice. He loved and did great, but I'm like, this is not the kind of thing that you could just easily put in places and and everything's going to be fine. Uh, you have to have the right people to take care of it. So I'm like, I want to just, I wanted all the dough in one spot. And I'd also been doing research and, and other growing businesses have done similar things. Do all the dough in one spot and we'll deliver it. I found the space in Northwest Berkeley, signed that lease. And then it took a good year and a half to build this whole giant. So it was 18,000 square feet. Um, so yeah, that wound up being quite a project and I sourced and kind of figured out what I wanted for the dough, the, all the dough equipment that we were really scaling up. And then in the meantime, I, I had gotten a really fantastic, wonderful operations guy and I was able to get him Is he, he loved the idea of, of building this, amazing bagel empire. He was down for the ride and, um, you know, construction is taking him too long. And he's like, well, what if we just start the next store, but we can, we can supply it out of our original store. I'm like, well, I guess around the numbers, well, theoretically we could. And so we signed the lease for Palo Alto and started building Palo Alto and, and of course got Palo Alto done a lot faster than the factory. So we were running, you know, supplying it out of college Ave, which was pretty intense. So we got this refrigerated truck with a lift gate we make, make extra racks of dough, wrap them up, put them on a truck, drive them down to Palo Alto, put them in their refrigerator. Then, you know, three in the morning, the bakers start baking those. Um, and it, we just send fresh dough down every day. That was going well. Then we got the factory open in March here and yeah, figured that new process out and and that's been working okay. And now we're working on growing wholesale accounts and we've got our next spot. It's in Santa Clara, right by Intel. We just started construction on that recently after waiting for permits for a very long time and we're looking for more. So yeah, it's intense. (laughs) That's very
0: cool. That is, that is a legit bagel empire. Yeah. I wasn't, I actually didn't even know the full extent of it. (laughs) That's so cool. I mean, I'm so I'm so happy for you. You're like really making it happen. Um, and it seems like seems like a big part of it, too, is really staying flexible in your plans, like being able to kind of change direction and keep your eyes open to what might need to be done differently. Are you always trying to kind of think about that?
1: You know, it's, it's funny because I'll be <laughs> well, I get into things and I, I I definitely I definitely pull some things where I'm like, I had, you know, very strong opinions on something and then I'm like, actually, I'm going to reconsider that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we change it around. So, if, for instance, we really want to be putting some more stores in. And, and like, gosh, you know, the wholesale the is not taking off as fast as we would like. We have so much capacity in here, you know, intentionally. And we've said, well, why not do basically what I'm calling an outpost store? Now, I had been opposed to this idea for the last several years. And now I'm just like, you know, maybe actually it, it could work. And I was being just, you know, too harsh about it. the construction that we do is, is so intense and tedious, partly because we put in this giant gas oven. That's unique that no one else uses this style of oven, except for Zachary's pizza. It's like bagels and and some pizza shops want to use this revolving deck oven. Mm-hmm. Um, so even a place that's built out as a restaurant we wind up doing a major remodel because we have to fit this oven in and the venting. And, you know, we need all this gas and we need a fair bit of electricity. I'm like what if we just put in more of a temporary store um, where we just delivered the finished bagels at six o'clock in the morning, you know, what would that do? And we, we've we started launching the toast online ordering and DoorDash at our stores. And, you know, people love it. And I'm like, no, we're, the problem is as we as we have more and more stores, it only makes more and more sense to do that because people want bagels right now from whatever store is closest to them. I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. if we did this, we would just be able to increase our coverage. So basically, almost like a ghost kitchen, we could kind of self-ghost kitchen, but with our own retail and, and controlling the whole thing, which we would want to do. I don't really want to move into a ghost kitchen at all. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Well, you have so much space, yeah. You can just do it yourself.
1: So, yeah, but just kind of getting that geographic spread and and making it happen faster. Looking now, I had really you know totally poo pooed that idea for a while, and now I'm like, no, actually, right now it, it it actually would make sense because we have so much extra baking capacity. Like there really is not a good reason why not to now. So we could find an existing restaurant space that's available, and you know depending on how it is, if it's if it's in good shape and works for us. Basically all our front of house stuff, all our sandwiches, we, after the, the bagel is baked, it's, it's pretty straightforward. Like the rest of our front of house menu, you know, really just requires, you know, a coffee machine, a bagel slicer, a toaster, a refrigerated sandwich line, you know, refrigeration for cream cheese and fish. So there, it's, there's nothing super exotic. We don't need any like crazy construction things happening. Um, the the bagel baking itself. So we could then theoretically take a space that's already built out as a restaurant and it was already, you know, food grade has all the sinks in it, all the, all the plumbing, all of this stuff that's really required for restaurants. And then, you know, move in really fast. Um, and you know, maybe take, you know, not have to take a 10 year lease. Maybe it could be a five year lease or even shorter. If we can just move in and, and redecorate and not have to do any any actual construction um, that could be pretty awesome and let us grow faster and and put our fair baking capacity to work so that's a real very new idea and that's been definitely a, a pivot but I, it's fun I'm, I'm I'm I like it and maybe this is why I, you know it's been working out so well because I like thinking about these things and I'm happy to reconsider ideas and it's like we can always do something better and let's think about something different that we could do as long as we're able to serve super awesome bagels, that that's, that's the important thing. And we want to make them more widely accessible. And as as long as we can keep the quality, I say that's the plan. Let's just grow and get more awesome bagels out there in the world to be enjoyed.
0: That's a good goal. Yeah. And it seems like the thing you, you seem to love most in a way is the building and the growing, you know, which I can appreciate too. So like might as well just keep doing it it's working yeah 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 if you had your project to do again what do you think you would have done differently
1: well like if i was going to start over yeah construction of the first space it's kind of tough well first i would give myself a hug and say it's all going to be great
0: (laughs) that is a good that's that's a really good answer that's
1: probably the most important thing i would do
0: (laughs) we stress Um, ourselves out so much right like there's yeah. so much stress about these things, and then they usually work out. And then if they don't, it's not the end of the world either. Yeah. You know? No,
1: it, it worked out. It worked out amazingly well, and I, you know, yeah. I really put myself through hell uh, worrying about it. Like definitely, there's some like design things, and I almost be, would be afraid to like go back and change too much because it all worked out so great. And, yeah. And then the, the budget was what it was. I don't know. I guess it could have been like, oh, let's raise more. There's, you know, certainly things that could have been improved here and there and you know certainly plenty of of mistakes were made but there was no like really grave tragic mistakes and nothing that couldn't be kind of fixed eventually like when we I first started the existing one of the things I've left in place because that space was actually the original Noah's bagels from 1989 was the the air conditioning unit where it sat because it seemed to be seemed to be working okay and you know fine still and I, I wasn't really thinking about it too much it wasn't my concern and but it did come it was like really right by the oven and and my architect who you know probably should have known better didn't didn't question that and um so we did this whole thing and we and the you know so the air conditioner unit is working like triple time because it's right next to the dang oven Mm
0: -hmm.
1: (laughs) and then we finally actually so then you know we did all the stuff and it was the air conditioning had all these problems and of course we're also, you know, every time we open a bag of flour and we're mixing, you know, mixing dough several times a day and all this flour is just going like straight up into the AC unit and clogging it. So we had all these problems with the AC. And then the, the, the firm was like, you know what, You're, this AC unit is like really old and a mess and really it should just be replaced. I'm like, okay, well, Well, now that we've, after we've sunk all this money into it, I'm like, all right, well, now let's rip it out. And, but we're going to move it. (laughs) Now we're going to move it to the other side of the room (laughs) where where it doesn't just get cooked by the oven. So, um, you know, that's something that in in hindsight could have been done at the beginning, but you know, but we didn't and it all worked out. Yeah.
0: Pretty minor stuff. Right. I like your answer that you wish you'd not giving yourself such a hard time because I think that's the biggest thing for people starting projects that are like, they're not sure if they're going to work. Maybe it's something new that they're working on. Maybe they feel like they don't have the expertise exactly is we just tie ourselves up into knots, (laughs) you know, just drive ourselves crazy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There was, who was it? There was something like this in the walk-in fridge and there was something sketchy about the old wiring in the walk-in fridge. And I have this friend of mine who's an electrical engineer, from home was visiting and looked at it and he was like oh this is this is bad and this is terrible and you need to get this totally redone and I got freaked out and also I'm like I'm like oh my god like I don't know it just was really alarming and I was just like I don't even know I don't I don't know anything about refrigeration I don't know you know I don't know what's going on here like this is you know just feeling yeah just enti- so overwhelmed and so over my head and I'm like I can't even handle the, this you know janky wiring in a in one refrigerator, how, how am I going to manage to pull this off? You know, as if I needed to know everything, but it's, it's just one of those, that line, like, you know, the way you learn to do something is, is that you, is, is by doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and it, that was, that was very true. Um, and it was okay. And you know, just, yeah, no. And it's, I feel like also I have learned so much and also that I don't have to come up with the answers to everything and it's okay. Cause mm-hmm. someone will figure it out or we'll figure it out or it'll just be fine. Like there's so much that like, you know what? It's just going to be fine.
0: <laughs> yeah. Can you say more about that? Like feeling like you don't need the answer to everything.
1: Like Yeah. That's, that's definitely been a, a hard one lesson because my coming into all of this four years ago was, yeah, I have to understand everything. I have to, uh, you know, it's it's all me. This is my project. I really have to deeply understand everything and, and everything is my responsibility to learning to, learning to delegate. And then, but the problem is in a lot of times it's like, oh, I delegated that thing and now it's, and it got screwed up. So I should have just done it myself. And like, but it's like, okay, I, I'm, I've been learning to not do everything myself. And if it doesn't come out right, it's still kind of okay. Cause it's like, okay, well now Now we'll fix it or we'll figure it out or we have to have someone else do it because I just can't. There's been so many things and there's like so many infinite things that don't go perfectly well that like like almost nothing goes perfectly well. Mm -hmm. But I've been like beaten. I've had that. It's like I've had the perfectionism beaten out of me because I've just been like, you know, flogged with it for four years. It's finally receded that it's like, okay, that's fine. You know, it just feels like, it feels like I'm just surfing, you know, really big waves now and I've inhaled so much water already that it's just, it's fine. It just, it is what it is. And it's like, oh, okay, I just got knocked over again and it's, it's so much less of a big deal than when, it, when I was surfing, out, know, where every minor pickup felt like a, a major setback and now I kind of look at that it's like, oh, how how cute that I was upset about the Janky wiring in the walk-in, like uh-huh. Well, it's like, oh, whatever. I'd just be like, hey, electrician, go, go redo that. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, that needs to be replaced. Like that would be like, that's like the, the most nothingness thing ever because I've dealt with, you know, so many other things. And it, just, it feels like it's this muscle of like, here's all this craziness going on, and and I just am writing it out and and not drowning in it. And the more I do that, the better I get at it not that i'm perfect
0: but it's it's definitely totally well it's a muscle like you're saying you know i love that metaphor um yeah because it just it takes practice it takes practice like to care in the right ways or realize like where your time is best spent right like something i think a lot about is yeah like if i'm doing something that anyone else could be doing i shouldn't be doing it long term right like i should only be doing the things that only i can do and that's like a it's like a constant recentering for me. Like, okay, I'm doing this thing for a while. Someone else could be doing it. I need to like put this in a box, give it to someone else. So I can be doing the things that like only use my unique skill set or gift or whatever that is. Right.
1: Yeah, there is that. And I have definitely been, I'm, and I'm still very much on the somewhat early phases working on that because it, that's been my thing. It's like, okay, as I take on more, we're growing as a company, I'm taking on more. I'm not just doing all the office things myself anymore i've got an operations guy now i've got a controller we just hired a head of sales um so it's it's growing. it's like okay well now i need to let go and it's like oh i i have to it's like i do the thing and then i have to like i can do the job and then i have to fire myself from that job and and give it to someone else and then go find a new job and then and then eventually fire myself from that job (laughs) Mm -hmm. finding something new to do and that's actually my job which is just yeah it's not something i really like had a very firm grip on ever um and i'm and i'm the type of person i'm very hands on I, I just like to do i like to do all the things i like that it's like this is mine and i'm building and i know this and i've done i'm doing the website and i'm doing this and i created this piece and i'm fixing the machines and i'm designing everything you know all of this i i like that that you know gives me a lot of satisfaction to be like i built this learning to turn that into a we. And, and it was easy. Some things are easier, have been a lot easier for me to delegate, you know, with operations and, and staffing, dealing with people's schedules, you know, basically all of HR stuff I did not enjoy. That was actually one of my job, biggest terrors in going into this was that I was going to have to do HR things and that just terrified me. But other things where I thought I was doing a pretty good job, like with wholesale sales, and it's like, you know what? This really should grow. This really would benefit from someone who's been in this space and knows it and has contacts and and could like devote all their attention to it because I can't do all these other things because we were just like, okay, but I need to build wholesale sales. And it's like, well, I don't really want to be calling people cold, and and this is not my this is not my strong suit. This would really benefit from having someone who's really great at it and could put all their time into it. And I could go off and, and work on other things that I should be doing. So, but that was a tougher one. And at some point I'm going to have to hand over all the graphics (laughs) or or most of them to someone. Mm. And that's been, that's definitely a a baby very close to my heart, but you know, I just, I can't do everything. I want to do everything though. Trying to tell myself that I shouldn't be shooting, all over myself this way where I should be doing everything. In fact, I should be empowering others to do things and they can probably do them even better than I can in a lot of ways. And, you know, kind of celebrating that and and just kind of changing my role where I'm just supporting, like leading and supporting this whole team of people mm-hmm. moving this company forward.
0: Yeah, no, it's a good place to get to. Yeah, I mean, you- you definitely shouldn't feel like you should be doing it all. I do wonder too, though, like, because this is something I kind of think a lot about myself, like, what part of it do you really enjoy that even if maybe you could hire someone who would do it a little bit better than you, you actually would want to keep doing, right? Like, because we can't be hands-on doing everything, but like, are there hands-on parts of it that you just like love so much and would really feel like a loss to get rid of. You no,
1: know, it's it's hard to say now. Well, the thing is, we still have you know we're still pretty scrappy, and I'm still wearing lots of hats every day, mm-hmm. which is nice. Even so, it'll be interesting to see what happens in a couple of years of things. Right now, I can't even fathom handing over, you know, just not being involved in the design of a new store like that. Just seems so completely crazy to me. Um, mm-hmm. But I suppose it could happen. Um, I can't really imagine handing over all the graphics, but I suppose it could happen as long as, you know, if I had like oversight on it and then if I wanted to go in and, and do stuff, I could still do it. But the problem with a lot of things still being, you know, waiting on me is that someone's like, you know, could I get like a sign for this new cookie or something? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, but I have 87 things to do. And then so, you know, a week goes by and I still haven't done that thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're <laughs> Where, kind of like so a it's like, point
1: yeah so it's like that's not good either. It feels like the like the major thing for me to figure out right now is just how that kind of how to how to manage myself and others and and what is my role now if I'm not hands on you know what is it you know what is it and i you know for a while it's been and actually rob's been saying, you know we need to have someone who's gonna be like you know a real trained maintenance person to be go around because so far that's been me. I'm, <laughs> I'm the, you know, definitely wow. the, the the chief cook and bottle washer. It's like, something's broken. I go down, I'm on the ground, you know, with a flashlight trying to fix it <laughs> before, mm. before we call anyone. And it's like, well, that's only going to work so well, especially because we plan on growing from this geographic area. So like, clearly I'm not going to be hopping on a plane to try to fix someone's toaster. So There's things I need to let go, but I I actually love that. And and to me, it feels like, you know, I, I actually, you know, still, I feel needed and like, you know, useful. (laughs) I'm so much, you know, just on the computer now. So it is, it does feel, you know, I I get to feel like I'm making a real concrete contribution when they're like, something's not working and I can, you know, run over and, and fix it and feel like, like, oh, I really, you know, did something good for the team today versus, you know, just email, even though everything is important, but it, it, it feels good. I just, you know, it's something that I just really enjoy, but I could just do that sometimes, but I'm not, you know, I really should not be the only maintenance person Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) in in this
1: growing concern. um, Because that's not a, you know, is it the best use of my time? No, (laughs) probably, but it, It does come in useful, but I shouldn't, you know, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's figuring out this balance and it's, it's, it's interesting and it's tough. It feels like I'm getting like less connected to what's really going on because I am. I'm even like I'm in an office now, like I used to for, you know, three years I was, um, you know, the desk was, you know, tucked behind the oven and the kettle. And I was just there, even though I, I was on the computer a lot of the time, but I was just, you know, literally in it (laughs) and overhearing, you know, everything and just, just in there. And now I'm, you know, off in my office and, uh, I don't know what's going on in, in, you know, out on the floor and then two, two other locations. So, um, yeah, it's, it's all really interesting. It feels like, it feels like a lot of growth. (laughs) It feels, it's a lot of, you know, definitely a lot of stuff and like reading, like learning how to delegate and how to be okay with it. Um, Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think really like the seed of what you're talking about, right. is like, is staying connected to the thing that you started. And I feel like that's a real challenge for anybody who starts a business, especially if it's so successful like yours, like, it very quickly becomes more efficient for you to be less and less involved day to day, right? Like there's someone else you can hire who can do all these kinds of little jobs that you were doing before. And so it just makes a lot more sense for you to move out of them. Like it makes logical sense, but the farther out you move, the less you feel connected to this thing. And like, if you're not in the shop every day, you start to know less about it. And the people there start to know you less Mm -hmm. and, and so it's this push and pull right between like, yeah, if you want to grow this thing, many, many locations, like you need to step out. But maybe the challenge will be is like, what kind of daily things can you hold on to that will still make you feel connected to the business, even as it grows?
1: Yeah, the downside where I think a lot of people get in trouble or, you know, it feels scary to me is, OK, I'm not so connected. And, and then, you know, well, I don't know. Then I could be like, well, I don't even know what's, what's, what's happening down there. And if someone sends me a, you know, email, they're like, I got a terrible, you know, my bagel was burnt and like sliced wrong over at Palo Alto. What's, what's going on? This guilt of, oh my God, I'm not involved enough. And this is the problem. And it's, I don't know, there's, there's definitely a whole guilt aspect into it too. And it's like, I'm not, you know, the guilt of like, I don't want to just be this, you know, fat cat in the office, not, 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 you know contributing anything to my own company the standard trope is you know oh this this something was really good and then they started growing and it it all went downhill and now it's terrible and i don't want that to happen yeah and so it's scary and then it's like so i get something like you know some email like that and it's like oh no like or something went wrong and it's like oh also, go I'm like, oh no, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, yeah, as, yeah. I don't know what's happening. I don't want to do that. So that's like this big, I don't know, psychological thing. I need to figure out like how how do I keep connected and, you know, kind of controlling it way or like keep keep everything the way I want it to be without actually being there or personal, like personally overseeing mm-hmm. it, but without and also not just feeling like, wow, the whole place has like gotten away from me and it's all gone to hell in a handbasket and and it's out of control. So Yeah. I don't know. It's
0: yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. To keep your kind of spirit in it. Right. Because like the reason it works so well is because of like your energy and your spirit. Like you started this thing. You you experimented for so long. You're so excited about it you perfected this recipe, you worked hard to open this one shop. And then when people walked into that shop, it was like, yeah, they were buying the bagels, but then also part of it is that they really liked you and like what you did and what you represented and how hard you worked and how much you cared about every bagel that came out. Right. Yeah. So finding people as it grows that have that same kind of love and spirit for it. I don't know. I think it's hard. I mean, I think like, like staffing is the hardest thing that I like I've I've run into with my business and like I don't even run a place that has like a lot of locations or like a lot of kind of like floor staff, but just like when I'm doing something myself, it feels very straightforward and I can do it the way I want to do it. As soon as that project gets bigger than me, it does like yep. finding the right people to do stuff the way you want it done, but then also at the same time respecting that like that they are their own person and that if you like, if you try to make them do it exactly how you would do it, they probably won't be as inspired by it, right? Like, you, like, you need to kind of like, realize the thing that inspires them about it. Or maybe, you know, maybe they would do the design a little bit differently. But like, they'd bring their like artistry to it. And if you let them bring their artistry, it will actually be amazing, maybe in a different way than you would have done it. But like that same kind of like, that same kind of spirit. So kind of like letting other people's spirits run. Yes. But it's a hard, yeah, I don't know. I yeah. feel for you. Like I can't imagine all that staff in those locations. Like I would stress me out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, I'm really impressed. Well, I, yeah.
1: don't know. I don't know. It's, uh, yeah. I just, you know, no, and I don't want it to turn it to, it to turn into some soulless. chain. And
0: yeah. Together, yeah.
1: Like how do I create this culture that really grows with the company and how does it retain its soul? And, how does it, you know, outlive me? Because, you know, the awesome thing about growing it to, you know, such a size is that it's like, I like, I actually took my first vacation in five years, a couple months mm-hmm. ago, uh, for, for all of four days, I went to Cabo <laughs>
0: and
1: it was like, wow, I'm actually like, I didn't take my computer as the, it was really the, the first time. in in since we opened that, um, yeah, I took an actual I feel vacation. That. Yeah. And that was really scary. <laughs> but everything was fine. Even the things that weren't fine were fine. And it's it's because like I don't have to be there. And that's the nice thing about growing. It's like, yeah, and there's always because people things happen to everyone. People have things happen. And then if with the team is good and everyone can step in for each other, then then it's it's a lot more resilient and stable, which is nice versus just being that's but that's the downside with it's like I uh, you know, my natural state is I want to build, you know, do the whole project myself. Like, and I can do an awesome job. I'm just thinking about like really early on, I'd make like super elaborate dioramas for, you know, grade school stuff or whatever. It's like, that's just leave me alone. I'm going to do my own thing. It's going to be magnificent. And, but it's, it's all me. I don't want anyone else touching it. But, you know, with that kind of business, you know, there's, you can't take a vacation. And if something yeah. You know, you can't take any time off because it's like, yeah, if I'm going to, you know, personally bake every bagel, then there's no there's no time for me. It can never grow bigger than me. So it's like it has its good things. and It's also its bad things. And if something were to happen to me and I or like, I'm dead now, the whole thing is gone. Because if it's just me, I want it to grow bigger than me, but not lose a, a spirit
0: and not fall yeah. apart. Yeah. Think about it in kind of a little hippie way that I think, you know, you like you have so much energy, right? So as the thing grows, if you try to spread your energy throughout all these different places, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get weaker, right? You'll get kind of diluted. Like what if you almost empowered someone at each of the locations to really make it theirs, right? It would still be your company and there'd be, basically it would be doing the same thing, but really like if you walk into an independent coffee shop And it's like got so much character, right? Because the people there feel like this is my thing that I'm creating and, and there's that energy behind it. Like I wonder if you could find some middle ground where it is your company, but then also empowering all these individuals to really like to really make it theirs. Or or maybe they even have like a percentage ownership in each one of their locations, right? Because that's the way I think that that it like stays. That it kind of stays powerful.
1: Yeah, no, I've thought of that. It's it's tough with the bagel baking because I that, that's been a real it's that that's been a real challenge to keep to keep that consistent and to try to keep that tight. I don't want to ever say never. I don't. We're not looking at franchising right now. There's you either get into where people are just doing all kinds of well. If it's if it's loose, then they're just kind of rolling and doing whatever. If it's really tight, then it gets soulless because everyone's just doing like exactly what the book says, which I guess can go well, but I don't know that doesn't appeal to me. I and mean, then you're just threatening So There's too many, it takes lawyers. a lot of control you, Yeah, to really do franchising. You're, you're using a lot of lawyers to do things. And that doesn't appeal to me very much right now. We're keeping it, we're keeping it pretty tight, but also we're still really new. So I, 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 you know, I'm learning that I'll never I don't wanna say never that we would never do such a thing. What we currently have doing is that we've been big on promoting from within. And when we make someone a unit manager, they really have a, a lot of control over the store. It's like they are they are running that store. They don't get to just make different, you know, menu items and whatnot, but they they have a lot that they have um power over. Mm-hmm. So um, and that's worked out really well so far. And it's, you know, and, and Rob is awesome. He's like, build your team and, and build them up and, um, you know, get more, you know, train people and supervisors. And then they, you know, the nice thing is as a as a growing company, we have places to, pro- we're now having places to, pro- to promote people too. It's really cool because I think a lot of people, you know, you take a job at a bagel shop and you're not necessarily thinking of it as a career, but we're actually, having career people with us in a way, because there is, it's like, look, you can, you started, uh, you know, making sandwiches and then came a supervisor. Now you're a unit manager and you're salaried and you're, you know, this, and we can, we're growing more and you're going to train other people to do these things. How do we promote a culture of caring? Uh, I have a big thing. We, I say, you know, we, we want, we're mensches That's the big thing. The Yiddish word. It's really like a, you're on the ball. You're, you're caring you're seeing things through uh you're just an all-around good person and but there's that care and I feel like the care just makes all the difference um, yeah and changes everything and yeah and like how do we you know and that's you know, I've, I've been you know delving into the whole like management library of all these things like how do you and that's and I've been asking the question like okay if I'm CEO now like okay what does that what does that mean what is my job and apparently like that's the answer I've been getting is one of my jobs is, is to be in charge of the culture and like, okay, how do we make it? A, I want it the culture of caring, um, of learning. I want people to be feel empowered. Like if they have an idea to, that something sh- could be made better, like, you know, it'd be great if we had a shelf over here or whatever. Like, yeah, we can, you know, speak up and do that. And let's, you know, we can make things better and, you know, very much the Toyota way we can make, you know, make things a little better all the time and we can learn and we can grow and we can be good people to uh each other and our customers and you know good citizens of the world and all of these things and turn out an excellent product and you know that's all it needs to be that's we're we're making bagels people love them uh we just we just need to keep keep our standards high and and be good people and be good to each other and you know i feel very much like the you know the campsite rule like a lot of people aren't going to be spending their whole careers here but that's okay i'd i'd like to think that they've learned some things and are going to be better off for the re- in the rest of their lives because of it and and you know leave here with pretty good memories so i don't know it's just I, I like i want i want i have this vision like i want it to be awesome to turn into this really you know happy kind of kumbaya thing and it's just like okay how do i do that when there's so many people in you know Management stuff, and you look out at the landscape of businesses, and so many of them are apathetic. So how you know how how do I make that turn out well? That's
0: yeah, that's that's the challenge.
1: That's what scares me now more than scary wiring. (laughs) Wiring, I just call an electrician and tell them to fix it. This I can't really outsource. I gotta figure it out for myself.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, I don't think anybody has the answer, right? But it's like, mm-hmm. I think you're starting at a good place. Like, that was very beautiful. Your your kind of goals for the space and goals for people work there, like, I think if you're starting at that foundation, like, that's a really good foundation to start at. You know, like, another place where someone could start is, okay, my goal is to make as much money as I possibly can at this thing before I can sell it. Sure. Right? And, like, in no, okay. that... And you're starting at that foundation, that culture is probably not gonna be very good Mm -hmm. because the person at the head of it doesn't really care. But it's clear that you're really interested and care a lot about creating that culture. So, you know, it seems like you'll you got a real head start.
1: Yeah. No, I I hope so. I hope so. That's the big thing. For so long it was just technically like, can I can I make this great bagel? And it's like, okay, I can. And now it's you know, then I was like, okay, can I scale it? Can I scale it bigger? And then so far the answer is Yes. And so it's like okay, we can scale the product, but how do we scale like the human component of it and and keep it awesome and mm. and then scale that even further because you know why not? Or maybe maybe I'll have people who eventually go off and start their own bagel companies somewhere and you know I'm like, you know, I can't really prevent that and you know, I can only just hope that we're putting, you know, they will then be putting better way, you know, making a, a really great bagel and putting it into the world. And people are going to start copying us eventually anyway. So, yeah, as long as as long as there's more good bagels put into the world, it's all it's all OK.
0: <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good. It's a good way to look at it. Can you tell me about a typical day for yourself these days? Like, what do you really do each day? Oh,
1: well, I'd say so. all right. So I still live above the store in college. So, um, I'll get up, I'll, I'll generally go downstairs. And so I fix myself a coffee, uh, from the shop, (laughs) um, maybe have a bagel and usually then head over, head over to the plant. So I've got my office here. So I'm, I'm really at the plant, you know, 90% of the time now. And it's a lot of it is computer, but then there's there's stuff. So there's, you know, there's the 8 million emails, but there's, there's meetings, there's, you know, things it's like, okay, we're going to go look at, at new potential spaces. This is why it makes it still really fun. There's, you know, because there's, okay, let me, we're going to go look at spaces now, or now we're going to go check on construction now, or I've got some actual R&D projects in the works or like some various ideas for future things. There's actually, I've got some long-term engineering projects. So there's like a lot of different pieces, but um, I'd say the main thing is I'm now like mostly, in my office, which is not very glamorous, but I've now got an office where I can meet with people in it and stuff. And we're not, um, next to a boiling pot of water, which is kind of nice. Mm -hmm. It gets splashed every so often. So, but no, there's a lot of, there's, yeah, I don't know. It's it's like, it really varies a lot, but I'd say the, the, the common piece is me being at my computer, which is not, um, not the most scenic.
0: (laughs) Mm, well I mean it's but, it's necessary though That's yeah. what I mean that's the moment we're at right like most people are at their computers most of the time
1: yeah so, um, so, uh, but it's
0: like but you're you know you're still building through there which is really cool
1: yeah and that, like I've gotten I've started now with like a business coach and you know it's a lot of you know this is it's a I am taking this part very seriously so I'm like you know read a lot of business theory books and yeah started with coaching and like I want to make this the best I possibly can So, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, really kind of investing in, in building this right and not just, you know, half-assing it.
0: Yeah. No, it's cool how intentional you're being about that. I can see like the engineering background in in your approach to this stuff, Mm. seeing this problem and then kind of approaching it very methodically, you know, like, okay, I want this good culture. I don't have this skill, business coach, books, kind of like moving in that direction, um, I think it's a good way to do it because I think, I mean, I'll just speak for myself. I think I do it a little bit more, have done it a little bit more haphazardly and like learned a lot more from my mistakes probably than I needed to and probably learned a lot less than I could have. So I appreciate that. I I appreciate like the intentionality, you know, that you're bringing to it.
1: I'm like, I'm like, God, I know nothing about how to do this.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's I'm so serious.
1: It's like, I know, I know that I don't know what I'm doing and I would like to you know, do better. Oh, actually I will it's say another place you could often find me. Mean, I, I'm very, very excited about this. This is very geeky of me, but we had, uh, I've got like a tool workshop, um, in the plant. So, uh, now I've oh, got cool. it like, stocked with all kinds of things so I can, cause I want to be able to prototype stuff. And so we've got some metalworking tools. I've got lots of hand tools and yeah, so we can build and we can fix. Yeah. And I encourage my staff to get into that too. So tinkering, that's one of my favorite things to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I bring that, I brought that to the party. It's like, good, now we have a now we have a workshop and people are yeah. and bring in if they want to bring in their project from home and, and use our tools, that's fine too. You know, go for it.
0: That's very unique. I like that. Yeah, because I think in, in like the food roll often it's like, oh yeah, this piece of equipment doesn't work the way it should, but that's what we got. You know, so everyone just uses it for years and years and years. But I do love the idea of like like, Oh, this oven isn't exactly right. We'll just like build the new piece yeah. in our, in our, in our metal shop. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, and that's, that's so cool. what we do. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. Very like a lot of agency in that a yeah. lot of freedom in that.
1: Yeah. I feel like that's where I, I, that gives me so much pleasure and it feels so good. And like, that's part of, you know, building this business has been like, Oh my God, like wow, do I have I, you know, this explosion of agency, like I've you know, built this thing, it's been wildly successful. Now we've got, you know, two more and all of this stuff. And, and yeah, trying to pass, pass that on to my staff, like, you can do this, you can pick up a power drill. And I think, especially for women who are not taught that, you know, they can go ahead and do all these things or weren't really shown the ropes. I feel like I'm being a, a role model in some capacity. They'll be like, look, no, we can look, we can fix this. We can fix this ourselves. And here, you can fix it too. Here, pick up a hammer. Let's let's go. <laughs> let's go try this thing. And I tell all the time, I'm like, I got an experiment. Let's try it and we'll we'll see if it works. And if it doesn't work, that's fine. If it does work, then maybe we'll do something with it. But it's it's okay to to try and experiment.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a nice message. You know, the person running an organization so much sets the way people feel about being there right so like if you're kind of setting this example for people of like they can do anything having all this agency really welcoming like clearly caring a lot about the business like I think that really bleeds out into the way people feel about being there at all okay can you finish these sentences I love
1: I love uh, building
0: I wish I had
1: a macaw (laughs)
0: that's a good answer I wish I hadn't
1: beat myself up for so many things that's who I am and that's how I got to be me so
0: no, you know that is literally the same answer that the person I interviewed before you gave like basically you know I think that's a big one actually like I don't think that's lame at all I think that's the biggest thing about being a human is we're like so hard on ourselves and often like in your experience about like worrying about starting the business, like often it's all for naught. like we shouldn't have been so hard on ourselves. Like it wasn't that bad. Um, so actually I think that's a really good answer. Yeah. I'm most proud of.
1: Oh gosh, this whole thing, the whole thing. I'm so proud of this. It's just like the, the whole, the whole thing in its entirety. I don't think I could like single any piece of it out.
0: That's Cool. Now I'm going to ask you a question, and you it's totally okay if you don't answer it, okay? Okay. But I think this is something people are really curious about. How much money did you make last year?
1: Well, <laughs> so I'm not actually even sure yet because my accountant hasn't finished the taxes. Um, I'm in this very strange place right now where I'm kind of simultaneously making a lot of money and, and no money at all. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't actually know yeah this is this is a weird answer next kind of a comment so part of it is like the business has done really well but then we plowed you know basically everything went into construction and and more for the plant so I actually didn't pay myself anything but I'm still waiting I haven't actually gotten the tax bill so I don't know if I actually wound up Actually, so I don't know. (laughs) This sounds so crazy, but it's, it's, I'm in this very weird, it's a very new, um, place with money right now, which is another thing I'm learning because it's, it's like money feels very different now that I've been, you know, taking in, you know, million dollar loans and, and writing, you know, several hundred thousand dollar checks to contractors. It's, um, Mm -hmm. the relativity of money has changed dramatically, but so yeah. So technically, I actually didn't pay myself anything last year because all we did was shovel money plus more into the plant. So it's like I don't even know. So well, anyway, that does seem weird, but it's that's no, apparent. No, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that I think actually, like a lot of business owners are are in that spot where like they're not really sure what they make and like they're making different stuff all the time and it's coming from all these different directions. I think the reason I want to ask the question is that. One, people just think about money all the time, right? But no one ever talks about it. <laughs> you know, it's like this like super taboo subject. But also for the kinds of people I'm interviewing, like I think for people listening, like they have no concept of what you make as a business owner, you know, and often I think they probably assume you make a lot more than you make. Like I think people probably assume I make a lot more than I make. Mm-hmm. I just think it's, been, it's just an interesting thing for people to kind of know about.
1: I've been interested in personal finance for like since my 20s, which has helped with all of this. Um, it was helped that I had a piggy bank to to raid yeah. to build the whole.
0: Thing. I wish I had. Yeah. I wish I, I really but, wish I would like, yeah, I wish I had opened a Roth IRA in my 20s. You know, like I really, like, well, I've, been, I I've I been, been pretty
1: good with that. Like, I, I, do you know, do you follow a Sapi?
0: Uh No. Oh, are you no sure, was it?
1: He's great. And you would love him because he's. Big. What's his name? Ramit R-A-M-I-T-S-E-T-H-I, Um, he's awesome. He's big on personal finance. And then he has he has a podcast, he even has a Netflix Netflix show right now, but the Netflix show is a little a little slow. But um anyway, he's just big on like let's just really talk about personal finances and and you know, it's important and we should talk about it. Yeah, we should be
0: more open about it. Yeah, cause... and
1: and that's cool. It's just yeah, we everyone's so weird. Weird, but um, no, I think the thing that that's that's weird, and I I just explain myself to people and be like, how can you not know what you made? But so the business is an LLC, and I'm the sole proprietor. So like, the business does what it does for the year, and then eventually the my accountant says, okay, we're, we're, like the business doesn't really pay the tax. It it then all shows up as you know any profit then shows up as like personal income for me basically
0: mm-hmm. like past yeah it pass,
1: it all passes through to me personally um and then and so then even if we you know we made money but then we spent it on construction so then the question is like okay do i have do i still have a tax bill to pay on that anyway which often is the case and like two years ago i got a a really shocking tax bill. So it's like, it's like, okay, it feels like, Oh, this is going great. And then suddenly it's like, and your personal tax bill will be, you know, $400,000. Like, <laughs> <Jesus. laughs> like, Oh my God. Like that was, yeah, that was, um, that was kind of a, that was a new one. So there's been all kinds of things. So it's like, it's like, I don't really, it is, it is a very strange thing to be like, I don't really know what I personally made last year. And it's, to me, it's not really that relevant it's very strange. The money, money has gotten very odd in my world, but all I really care about is how is the business doing? Is it growing? Um, you know, cause I'm just, I've been in it 110% since the beginning and like, it's just me. So that's fine. And I just, you know, I'm pouring everything in and, and to me, there's not, I don't really have a, a real sense of separation between me and the business, even though we are technically, separate entities, but it's, it's weird. So mainly I just have, as long as the business is doing okay, uh, I feel good and I can, you know, the, not worry. I don't, I don't stress about money personally right now. Plus anything I spend personally is like nothing compared to what we have to spend in the business. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's how I kind of feel about money. Like I want enough money that the projects I want to do can keep going.
1: Mm.
0: You know, yeah, like actually I, that's
1: been, that feels good to me now. Like I can be like, yeah. I want, you know what I really want. I want to try out this. I have an idea for this, this, you know, other gadget and I'm, you know, I'm just going to go buy it.
0: <laughs> totally. Yeah. That's the nice thing. Like, oh, it's a business expense. A business you know, <laughs> expense.
1: I'm looking at, there's this, you know, and it's, it's cool that it's like, it, it all just grows, but there's like, um, actually I'm waiting for like a report. I, I'm looking at this like $18,000, bread slicer that I might want to get for, you know, to improve the, for the wholesale packing. And it's like, you know what, that's to me like, yeah. And I can, and like, that's a worthwhile thing. And, and yeah, I think if it, if it makes sense for us, it's us absolutely. We can spend that kind of money and we, you know, it's, it's important. And I, we're not trying to, I'm not trying to cut any corners here. So, I'm very happy to be spending like that kind of money on, on making things better. We we spent five, it was $5 million to build this factory. So it's oh, like wow. everything. Yeah. I'm like, oh, maybe, <laughs> I can certainly go buy myself a burrito. For, <laughs>
0: totally. Exactly. <'Cause
1: laughs> it's like, not going to make any difference at all.
0: Expense. Yeah. So yeah. The grand scheme of
1: things. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I feel like I don't really have personal finance stresses right now. I just, I just have the business. Yeah, the business. Cool. I take care of the business, and the business takes care of
0: me. As it Um, should be. As it should be. Um, Cool. Hey, so thanks again, Emily, for being on my podcast. Uh, It was really great to reconnect, and yeah, just hear about your story and all the things you got going. I'm embarrassed to say I haven't been to your store yet. I like. I know. I I keep thinking about it, and I also like wasn't eating bread for a while because I had all this weird health problems, but now I'm back on the bread train. So I think I might go. I think I might go after this call and go get a bagel. Well, now yeah, um, we're closed. <laughs> now you're closed? closed. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll go, I'll go tomorrow. I'll go tomorrow. Good morning. No, you I can't come, leave. You should come,
1: yeah. to, be, um, come to the plant because you got to see my uh, awesome half-million-dollar state-of-the-art dough line with a robot arm. This is like...
0: Oh, cool. Could I come get a bagel there? Yeah,
1: you can come get a bagel yeah. here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was really great talking to you. Thanks, Emily. Yeah, you're uh, welcome. Yeah, I really appreciate the time. catching yeah, uh, up with you. Yeah, you too. Have a good night. You
1: too. Okay. Bye.
0: Bye. Hey, it's me again. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks so much again for listening. And if you think this is as cool of a story as I do, please share it with someone that you love. And I'll talk to you next week. Thanks so much.